every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. back Arizona. You know what that sound means? It means we start a brand new month here. First Saturday, 8 o'clock hour at Rosie on the House. We're joined by Farm Bureau. We don't go around back. We go around to the back 40. And in this case, we go around and around and around and around and around. And I think our Farm Bureau guests are still running telephone lines out to his location. So we may <laughs> we, we may get him on the line here soon. We've got Julie Murphy, spokeswoman for the Arizona Farm Bureau. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. As always, I enjoy this because it's a bright new month and a bright new morning on Rosie on the House. Uh, and I got bittersweet feelings about your guest this morning because um, I love the area he's in so much. I hate highlighting it because as soon as people discover how great something is, what do they, they pave paradise. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cochise County. We're featuring one of our farmers from Cochise County, Jason Barnard. He is uh, one of our members and we are so proud to tell his story. So Jason, are you on? I'm here. Good morning and thank you for having me. Yes. So as we do with a lot of our farm families, farm and ranch families, we kind of circle around the commodities. This this Saturday morning, it's going to be chilies, but we want to learn about the Barnard family first. And in fact, on both sides of the family, your wife's side of the family and your side, you have a story. So tell us. Well, our story starts, um, the short version starts back in the early 50s when um, my grandparents moved to Cochise County from um, Oklahoma, and Candace's grandparents moved to uh, Cochise County in the Elfrida McNeil area also from California, and both were very young couples who um, had kids on the way and and uh, started raising their families and farming in Cochise County and, and um, just kind of doing whatever it took in terms of making a living farming and and uh, running cows and doing all kinds of stuff in agriculture to um, to provide a life for their kids and now here we are Candace and I are, are two generations later and and um, and then our kids and are, are the next generation and you have three two girls and a boy so exciting we so- do yeah Hayden and Hannah um, are uh, ten and eight and uh, little Ethan is 10 months old yesterday. I, when I was talking to Candace the other day, I got to hear him. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. He, he, was, he was waking up. He's so, he sounds so cute. And the pictures of all three of them are just precious. So, well, thank you. So where'd you two meet? I mean, is this oh. one of the U of A land-grant university romances, <laughs> the ag, ag college? No, it's not, actually. It's um, so... I graduated from Texas A&M, and Candace was still um, going to school at the U of A, and um, we met actually at a baccalaureate in Elfrida, the thriving metropolis of Elfrida, 
And um, <laughs> anyway, it was at that baccalaureate that we started making plans to um, have a farm and ranch some 20 years later. So not really. That. <laughs> <laughs> but, it but, feels like it already, right? <laughs> it does. It does. Yep. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. So, so you guys bringing these two farm families together now and uh, give us the name of your company. You actually have a website. Yeah, so we call ourselves White Barn Farms or White Barn Hay and Cattle. You can go to whitebarnhayandcattle.com and, or find us on Facebook at White Barn Farms. And um, do you want me to talk about what we do? Yeah, tell us the crops you grow and everything that's okay. going on. So um, we've evolved, I guess, like a lot of farms do, but over the years we've grown a lot of different things. We my family, well, really both of our families um, have been in the chili business for a long, long time. And then um, I guess as industries have changed and all that, we've adjusted. And now um, we've grown lots of corn and we've grown lots of alfalfa and pumpkins and beans and different things. And um, right now our farm mostly is alfalfa and um, and corn that we the corn we just grow for silage to feed the cattle in in our um, in our grow yard operation, kind of a little miniature feedlot, and um, and so then that leads us into our our beef business. So we um, we grow everything that we need to to produce great beef to um, to provide our our communities, our local communities in southern Arizona with with great beef, and we've had a lot of fun um, getting into that over the last few years. So that's one of the things I want to mention for anybody, and of course we've been talking about local beef for quite some time, and one of our guests we had on last month um, featured his business and uh, the local beef market and how it's growing and the opportunities. In fact, Arizona Agriculture, our monthly publication, came out with an article on that and the growth, and we were just asking even before the show started, so white um, whitebarnhayandcattle.com, I can also go to your site and order directly if I want, correct? You sure can, yep. And um, we have a storefront on the on the website that's in the process of getting set up, but you can go to our website and, and find our our contact information, whether it's phone numbers or, or um, email and that kind of stuff, and, and contact us and and place orders and stuff. And we really enjoy helping people make it easy or making it easy for people who haven't ordered beef straight from the farms before, because that can be a fairly daunting idea. And, but, um, my wife Candace is really fabulous at, at making it easy for people to, um, understand what they're getting and, and, and how the process works and all that stuff. So, so yeah, we would, we would love for people to check us out. So besides, um, you know, I do have some options. On Fill Your Plate alone, there's 40-plus uh, beef growers that can sell product to me directly, whether that's a whole beef, half, or a quarter, and some have packaged the meat and stuff like that. Yeah. But why am I going to want to buy your beef? You guys? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's because... Um, it's White Barn Hay and Cattle Company. It's White Barn Farms. It's um, it is produced with love. With uh, we um, we love the fact that we're able to 
um, grow everything that we need right here. And so everything that goes into our beef, we know where it came from right. because it came from right here. And um, anyway, we just um, we work with nutritionists to help us form, you know, get our get our feed mixes right and our rations and all that good stuff. And um, anyway, we um, love we what you do and. Yeah, that's what we do, and um, also, coming soon, we have um, some people, I guess the broad name for it is Wagyu, but we have a, uh, we purchased a bull this summer that um, his his, uh, breed is Akaushi, and that is a um, highly marbled, very delicious um, beef that that here... um, in about 18 months, we're going to have some of those calves that are going to um, going to be blessing our plates with some really, really incredible beef, and um, and really that that wagyu and the akushi type beef is is um, white tablecloth type stuff. But but we really wanted to just produce high quality beef so that every time that every single bite is is um the best steak you've ever had or the best hamburger you've ever had and and so we're just doing things so that our so that our customers and our families that that buy from us can can uh know that that they're going to love every bite. Well, um I'm going to have to place an order, but I can tell that Rosie has a question on the uh, or Romy, I'm sorry, has a question on the tip of his tongue. Cool. It it's actually really just a comment. There was a phase when my kids were younger, they had to name every single animal on the property and when they came to the cattle we were going to eat i wouldn't let them name them unless it was a food name you know like dinner's delicious tonight (laughs) i like that dinner used to weigh 1800 pounds two weeks ago but i uh say the name of that breed i'm i'm going to name our next one that name just because it sounds fun to say agushi Cool, huh? Akaushi. Akaushi. Akaushi is a great burger tonight. <laughs> yeah, A K A U S H I, and and that bull that we bought, we named him Mr. Miyagi because it's a <laughs> Japanese breed, so we thought he needed a great Japanese name. <laughs> That's fun. Well, and I bet it's good with chilies. That's the commodity that we're going to talk a little bit about. And since you guys grew them, now it doesn't sound like in your mix, your diverse portfolio of crops and uh, livestock that you're not growing chilies right now but I noticed on your White Barn Farms Facebook page one of the first posts for our listeners talks about the different stages of green chili and uh, you can get kind of give an explanation there so heck you've taken care of half our job here but chilies <laughs> uh, grilling when we grill steak we always grill some chilies do you guys do that? We do, we do. That's one of our favorite things is to go to the mountains, which the Chiricahuas are right here. And, and um, You said it! I said don't <laughs> say it! Oh, the best mountain range in the whole state. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we love going to the mountains and grilling a steak and having some fresh green chili to go along with that steak or hamburger or, or whatever. It's um, Yeah, green chili goes with everything, doesn't it? So it does sound, it does, it does sound like you're working on your genetics a lot and you're working on, now do you finish your beef like when they're ready for harvest? Do you finish them with corn or or do you customize based on what a customer might, you know, I know so there's all sorts of very, options. 
Yeah, in our diversity here, um, we basically have the ability, uh, we offer options. And so um, the majority of our beef is finished on, with corn um, that, we, that we have grown right here, but also we do have grass-finished beeves available. And um, we actually had a customer from California just come through and pick up uh, her beef a couple of weeks ago. And I think maybe Candace posted that on Facebook. But anyway, she got home with her beef and, and cooked up, a, I think, a steak the first night and hamburger the next night. And they just absolutely loved it. So, so yeah, we can do both grass-fed or, or grain-fed. And it sounds like she requested just gra- exclusively grass-fed. She did, yep. She ex- requested exclusively grass-fed, and so we, um, you know, we did that and got her uh, strictly a grass-fed beef, and, and she was really happy. We even have uh, one customer from central New Mexico that, that has some food allergy, food sensitivities t- sensitivity type stuff, and, and um, she needs something that she knows exactly what the animal's been fed and, and with no soybean products in, in her case. And um, she's been buying from us for several Sometimes. years because well, we can guarantee her that. That's awesome. Let's Mr. Continue. Barnard, we we can do a lot of things here at Rosie on the House, but we can't stop a, the clock. We're going to take a little quick break and continue our conversation with Julie Murphy of the Arizona Farm Bureau and Jason Barnard of WhiteBarnHayAndCattleCompany.com. All right, what was the inspiration behind the Old West? You must have been reading my mind this morning. That beautiful area that we're not supposed to talk about so it didn't get too popular. <laughs> you know what's really funny? He mentioned his family's from Oklahoma, where the wind goes sweeping, sweeping down, down the, the plane. plane. <laughs> yep. Oklahoma was filmed in southern Arizona. That's, that's right. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful morning. In Arizona. Just, Every Oklahoma wishes they were in Arizona. Just a couple of miles uh, west of where you're at. Well, that's a little more than a couple miles, but yes. And uh, we were doing a little bit of research. Today's topic, Farm Fresh Commodity, is peppers. And one of the guests that we've had on twice and always a lot of fun is Ed Curry. Yes. And I understand we're, this is Mr. Barnard is his nephew. Hey, do, we, yes. do we have that right, Jason? <laughs> That's correct. Yep, he's Uncle Ed to me. Uncle Ed, he's <laughs> he's a riot. We love having him on. He's amazing. Yes. So we like to talk about chilies and how healthy they are, and a whopping two hundred forty percent of the recommended daily allowance of vitamin C can be found in one chili. So they're healthy for us, and I eat a lot of them. And if you have a chili cheeseburger. You know, you got you got your protein, your dairy, your vegetables. Your vegetables. <laughs> you put a little onion on there. <laughs> you have everything. So, um, tell us about your uncle. Give us an insights insider story. If uh, Uncle Ed is listening in, give us an inside story on Uncle Ed. Jason. Well, um, if you didn't get the idea from talking to him before, Ed, Uncle Ed eats, breathes, and sleeps. His whole life is consumed with chilies and improving chilies, and um, that's one thing about him is that it's been so fun to be um, connected to Uncle Ed because he's um, he really cares, and it's kind of it's a generational inheritance that we all received of of making things thrive, and 
And um, when Ed started in the chili genetics a long, long time ago, the the variety options were very limited. And basically, he took it as his life purpose to improve the genetics of chili, both for the the producers, the farmers, to be able to survive and succeed, and and for also for um, for people to be able to have more options and and have great tasting chili and love every bite, just like with our beef. Well, just like Oklahoma was filmed in Arizona, most chili seed for the famous Hatch New Mexico chilies come from Arizona (laughs) seeds. So that's kind of always a fun caveat I like to share with people because when so many of our urbanites don't even have a concept that we have pretty significant agriculture here in Arizona, $23.3 billion industry, the last study that was done by the U of A on our economic contribution. When you think about what Ed Curry has done with chilies, and I'm sure he sort of maybe had to twist your arm to do, because growing chilies isn't easy. No, it's not. But you know what? Um, that was actually we we miss growing chili, um, but just different changes in the industry. But actually, that was um, one of the most exciting things about when I began to farm when Candace and I were young and just newly married and farming and was growing chili and and just the uh, the fun seasons of growing chili. Um, so yeah, there wasn't any arm twisting. It was always oh, always loved. Well, I'll tell you, old Uncle Ed changed my life. This huh. is Rosie telling how he I, changed I his life. I went from putting Tabasco on everything, and now I put Santa Cruz green chili salsa on everything. <laughs> nice. I, I, he, he said, look, if you like salsa, you got to try this Santa Cruz green chili salsa. <laughs> we order it by the case on the website, and we yeah. put it, we give it as gifts. I mean, we use it on everything. And that's coming yeah. from a Cajun, so... And hey, I'm, there you, and there I'm on, you go. Now we just need to get some white barn beef in, on your plate. To well, I, well I'm, I'm looking on your Facebook hey, right now, hey. and I'm looking at this hamburger that's, with green that's chili my and beef cheese. Customer. You're not stealing them. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have them. He's my beef customer. Man, how about these hamburger patties with green chilies and cheese integrated into the patty itself? Are those available? They are available, yep, oh, and I just ordered more of those a couple of days ago, and um, yeah, there has been a great reception of, of those oh, um, yeah. green chili and cheese hamburgers. Mm-mm-mm. Well, we'll come back in the next segment and learn more. We're talking with Arizona Farm Bureau spokeswoman Julie Murphy. Along with her guest, she always brings in someone from the Farm Bureau membership, either a farmer or a rancher, and we're talking with Jason Barnard of White Barn Hay and Cattle Company. WhiteBarnHayandCattle.com. <laughs> you know what's funny is how timeless these productions were. I mean, my- I'll turn on an Old West movie, and the kids are like, ah, Dad. I'm like, well, find something else. Throw in the remote, and, and they won't touch it. They'll sit there and just watch. Watch the whole <laughs> thing. It is true. It's timeless. Uh, and we're talking with a timeless profession today, talking agriculture. And we always have Julie Murphy from the Arizona Farm Bureau the first Saturday of every month. And she brings a local rancher 
or farmer that talks about whatever commodity we have listed in our annual home maintenance calendar. And the goal with that is to connect the Arizona homeowner, the consumer, those of us that enjoy a meal, uh, breakfast, Ooh, green chili burrito sounds really good. Oh, this that morning. does sound good. <laughs> with the commodities that are coming out of our local soil, our local farms, our local ranches. And so when you're out shopping, when you're out doing your groceries or picking up something from the store, you might remember Santa Cruz Chili Company. You might remember uh, White Barn Hay and Cattle Company. And, oh, I've, you know, this is local and you're supporting local. And, you know, that means it's fresher. It's not being trucked in from out of state or out of country. Right here in our backyard. It's a $23 billion in industry in the state, and there's plenty to go around. And plenty to eat, thanks to farmers like Jason and Candace. So uh, what we're excited about, there's more to this family story than we can imagine, and it involves two little girls in a book. Jason, tell us that story. Okay, well, so... Um we have a friend that um, is up from around Springerville, Greer area. Her name's Wink Krigler, and and so we've known Wink for about eight years now, and and we've done lots of business, but we've just become great friends. And um, so Wink um, had an idea that she said, um, Jason, what if we get the girls to write a book? And I'm like, huh, okay. A book about what well their story growing up on the farm and the ranch and the feedlot and all this stuff these these girls just don't even know how people would love to read and hear about their experiences and and so as we talked about it and fleshed it out and all that good stuff we um we recognized that most of america is not on the farm anymore or the ranch or or involved in agriculture and so we thought, yeah, sure, kids kids might enjoy hearing about a couple of little girls growing up on a farm. And come to find out, people of all ages have loved to hear about girls growing up on a, on a farm. And so anyway, we basically took a year of, of life on the farm and the ranch and the feedlot and stuff here. And, and the girls would take pictures and then they would write little captions and that's what the book is is about is is you know the the corn crop as it was planted and the girls were helping me plant the corn and then as it was two inches tall and then 12 inches tall and then 30 inches tall and then before long you couldn't see hannah and then you couldn't see hayden and, <laughs> um anyway it was it was a lot of fun and the book you can actually purchase on your website, the White Barn Hay and Cattle Company dot or cattle dot com, and I and I have my own copy. Thank you. Um, what I love about it is the pictures just as much as anything. And I think uh, for young people wondering what it must be like to grow up on a farm and ranch, this is a pretty special book. So, and I again, if you go to your Facebook. Because I'm using that to remind me of some of the things that this family is up to. You're up to way too much. When do you have time to sleep? But one of the little posts on White Barn Farms Facebook is all of the places, including international, internationally, where this book has gone. And so you guys have to give a lot of credit and thanks to um, who inspired the idea. And Wink, so Rosie knows Wink really well. 
Now, oh. why do you know Wink so well, Rosie? Oh, the X Diamond's one of my favorite places to stay. I mean, the, <laughs> she she's one of the few bed, breakfast, and barns that'll let you bring your own horses. So <laughs> we, we love running up to the X Diamond. Now, is, yeah. are they? Is the restaurant there, uh, Molly Butler's? Are they? Buying some of your beef, is that part of the connection? Well, or are you still working on that one? Actually, they're using ex-diamond beef, so oh, Wink is go. supplying all the Molly Butler beef that, that up there. And, of course, if you go to the Molly Butler Lodge, you can buy the Wink Burger, and it's a, mm. it's a fabulous, it's the best cheeseburger in the world. <laughs> so what is the Wink Burger? I mean, give us the insight on that one. Well, basically, it's just ex-diamond beef. And, okay. um, you know, from her, produced from her cows. And and um, so anyway, it's, and Wink does everything. Um, she's uh, she's huge in uh, thriving, not just surviving. That's kind of our motto around here. And, and that's one reason that Wink and I, our family has, has done so many things together. Um, we actually take care of the ex-diamond cattle in the wintertime. And, um, and then we, we help her with a lot of um, with raising her calves and and producing that beef. So, um, so, so in a anyway, sense, her, it's kind of your beef, especially if you're kind of feeding <laughs> them out in the winter. That, that's right. That's right. The X Diamond beef has the White Barn um, love on it. So. There you and, go. and with a name like Wink, you've got to have a cow named. Help me out here. What's <laughs> while? Oh yeah, you're. Wink, uh, Wink Martindale, oh, that's the first person. He's a game show host. No, no what's right, the right. name of the new steer? Yeah, the new, what's the name the of the new bull? The oh, breed. oh, oh, uh, Mr. Miyagi, Miyagi. the Yakagushi? Yeah, yeah, with a name like Wink, you got to have a Magakagushi. Magakagushi, that's right. Regardless, it's going to be good beef. I love Molly Butler's. Oh, yeah, I used to go up there, and the lodge is awesome. It's just, pie, pie. it's class. they've been a staycation destination yes. for us. If you're looking for a right. little getaway locally, you can go to ArizonaStaycation.com to register. Something you can find only here at Rosie on the House, and something we do for our listeners. And you, you, when you go and you have a wink burger. You're eating local Arizona beef. Yes, and I'm going to have to check and see if Wink's a member and work on her. If she's <laughs> a Farm Bureau member? Yeah, she probably is. Uh, she's she, a member of Arizona. She's she's kind of she kind of is everything, isn't she? Uh, she is, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if she is a member because at our Apache County annual meeting this year. She spoke. They had her as one of the fe- featured guests speaking. And guess what? What she spent most of her time talking about is the girls in the book. What's the, <laughs> na- what's the name of the book, by the way? So it's called Farm Kids. And then the subtitle is Growing Up White Barn. Growing Up White Barn. That, that is just classic. And again, thank you for my copy. And anybody that wants to get a real, I don't know, a real life feel, these are you know, pictures taken on the farm. This is, you know, they're not illustrations. It's the real thing. If you want that experience and you want to understand what it's like to grow up on, and I'm going to kind of say a farm and ranch for you guys because you're doing both crops and beef. If they want that experience, they need to get the book. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to, the girls would love to sell everyone in Arizona a book. They're, They're having so much fun getting their story out and and just like everyone specifically in agriculture but but even broader than that 
is that that we all have a story to tell, and um, especially as fewer and fewer people are on the farms and ranches, you know, we can connect with people because, as the girls will tell you, everyone is involved in agriculture. If you're eating, you are involved in agriculture, and um, so it's it's a really the girls have enjoyed telling their story, and we've enjoyed the whole process of sharing their story. Give us their names and ages again. Hayden is 10, and Hannah is 8. And while you and Candace might have taken a little bit more convincing, it sounds like, Yeah. how quickly were the girls on board with this? Or did Wink go to them first? She probably convinced them, and the girls had to convince you. <laughs> Actually, she... Um, she brought the idea to me she mentioned it to me one day and and of course like a lot of things we had no idea what we were going to get be getting into exactly but um wink did know because she's written a handful of books now and and the secret behind her idea was that that we didn't know as well as she did but she also had the um, the support cast that was going to be the technical designers and and then Scott Baxter um, oh. he did some pictures for the book and so anyway Scott just loves the girls and the girls love Scott and then um, Barb Denny that used to be with Arizona Highways um, she's the one that did all the design and oh, editing awesome. and stuff and actually Kelly Vaughn with um, with Arizona Highways she did. Um, the final editing, and so we had this awesome cast of helpers that, that, that made it all happen. That is an awesome cast. That is, yeah, yeah that's a great and cast for anyone. Yeah, that... It was heavy hitters right from the start. Man, so oh cool. man, right. I should add that Kelly Vaughn was on the show. She was the one that wrote the sandwich article for the Arizona Highways. That's right. Ah, okay. sandwich. Uh, look at Romy; he's got a big smirk. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> that article changed my life. <laughs> it did. The sandwich article. Uh, one of the other neat things about the book, when you flip through it, there's an introduction by Uncle Ed, Ed Curry, our chili farmer, going back to that tie-in with the chilies, and yep. then Mark Killian, who's the yeah. current director for the Arizona Department of Ag here in the state of Arizona, wrote kind of a little intro or uh, preface for it, I guess, is what you might call it. But I... I think that whole, and thanks for the props on our photographer because, uh, and pass on a thank you to him because he's given us permission. Obviously, we're always going to give photo credit to him, but permission to kind of share some of these photos when we're talking about our family here as oh, cool. Farm Bureau members. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. And I, I, my conviction is that more and more farm families need to be, no, not everybody has to write a book. Right. Uh, it's a pretty heavy lift, but I think every one of our farm and ranch families needs to tell their stories. So Arizona Farm Bureau, our effort, we attempt to do that. The profile story we did a couple of weeks ago of you guys that we posted on our blog on azfb.org. But I had a goal, like once a week we'd get a profile. I sometimes start out too ambitious. But our farmers <laughs> and ranchers have a tough time thinking anybody wants to hear their story. But right. as as of your story, we now have, I want to say, about 142 of these profiles of our farm and ranch families here in Arizona. So if anyone wants to read those, all you have to do is go to azfb.org. Just literally plug in in the search bar in the upper right meet Arizona agricultures. You don't even need to put the family name in. Up will pop about 
those 142 profiles that we do, the latest being the Barnards. Um, I think that was about two weeks ago we released that article. So we're, we're getting the stories told, but it's just taking some time, as you can tell. Let, let's repeat how all of anyone in Arizona could get their hands on some white barn beef. Yes. Awesome. So White Barn Farms on Facebook or whitebarnhayandcattle.com. And I order over the internet and you're going to process it. When would I get it? And 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 how would I get it? So, um if you want a whole, a half or a quarter, um generally speaking that our, our processors in Safford, in the actually in Thatcher, and so um, generally speaking, we would you would be able to pick up that beef there. But we have organized um, when we when we can organize deliveries, we will we we can make deliveries into the Phoenix area, and we can also make deliveries into the Tucson area. And then if so, from the time we take a beef in, it's about three weeks later, and um, and Bryce there at Carter's Custom Cuts that we use, I'll give him a plug. Um, he's got. We're able to get beeves in pretty regular. So if you place an order with us today, we can um, we can have you some beef in less than a month. And then if you don't want a whole half or a quarter, um, we're also putting together family packages that um, you can see on the website or on uh, uh, White Barn farms on facebook and um and candace has made that really easy for people that want less than a than a bulk quantity plenty of time to get it before thanksgiving all you farmers in the field tonight everybody just have a good time are these the brothers i've the brothers. met them they're way cool so What's their name? Yeah, I knew the minute I said that you were going to ask me. I need to look up on uh, But they're the ones that they take. made the video, farm videos just They take popular songs and turn yep. them into farm. <laughs> well, we've got uh, <coughs> a short segment. We went a little long last time, so we're going to go really quick. But we've got Jason Barnard of White Barn Hay and Cattle on the line to talk about this custom feeding. Jason, I'm, I'm going to steal your idea. Do I need to pay you like a royalty off of this? This is brilliant. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, what exactly is it saying on the website for our listeners okay. that haven't gone there yet? So um, in terms of the custom feeding, is that what you're asking about? Correct. Okay, so um, basically we don't only just feed cattle out for ourselves. We also feed calves for um, neighbors and local ranchers and um, just anyone that that has cattle that um, might not have the feed or the location or the property, or the, the acreage, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so I could buy a calf, come put it on your property. You'll yeah. feed it, and then I can take it over to you know whatever processor I use. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. You could do that with one or a hundred or however many you wanted to. <laughs> So you got room to grow is what you're saying. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Room to grow. And so if I am saying I want exclusively grass-fed, you're going to make sure that that beef that I'm going to buy from you is exclusively grass-fed. Or if yep. me, my personal preference is finished with corn, 
you're going to do the same thing. Exactly, exactly. Yep, we can, we're going to make sure that however a customer wants it, that's what that animal gets fed. And one thing, go ahead. I do have a buyer's alert to give to everyone because I believe this is the grocery shopping of the future. I really do. And so Jennifer and I at home have been preparing to fully engage 100% in this kind of grocery shopping. So we decided since all the kids have moved out and we're empty nesters now, we used to have a, a freezer the size of a minivan. <laughs> and, and it was always full. We don't have a freezer at the house anymore. So Jennifer said, well, we got to get a freezer. Do you know we had to find a freezer? Every place we went, they said, no, they're flying out the store. We can't keep them on the floor. <laughs> People so, are stocking up. Yeah, so they find, are. find a freezer find before a you. Freezer. And one of the, so if it takes you a little while to find the freezer, one thing, and I don't know, Jason, um, my processor gave me a tip that I swear makes a huge difference. You know, there's a certain time where your animal, your, your cattle, will get to a certain size and they won't get any bigger. Mm-hmm. And if you get them to that size, a lot of times, you know, in, in, in mass processing, they'll take them to the processor right away. And he said, I can come if you want, but I'm telling you, give it four more months. Wait till that animal's 16 months old, and you will not believe the difference in your meat. In terms of tenderness, maybe? It just everything. Wow. And he said, let that beef mature a little bit longer before we process it, and you'll never go back. And I tell you what, we do it. We, we top out around 13, 14 months, but we'll wait till 16 months minimum before we harvest. Have you noticed that at all? Yeah, there is something to that, um, but we also have found that that um, especially with with certain animals, they're ready a little bit sooner, and and um, we've. But um, yeah, it it sure does work either way. Breeds can make a difference, and if you had your own on your property, you could, you know, if if you bought one and had it on Jason's white barn and hay. I'm sorry, white hay barn and cattle, hay yep. and cattle.com. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you could you could sit there and wait it out another couple months. And you go yep. in with a couple of people, and this is really manageable financially. And Jason's uh, feeding system is so sophisticated, and this is so typical with our Arizona ranchers. He doesn't have to spray can on the side of the beef. Grass-fed only, right? <laughs> You've got a way to no. keep them separated. <laughs> Because what we do for the grass-fed beeves, we, we have one, so our farming is all irrigated, so we have one pivot that always is grass. Year-round, it's grass. and oh, so perfect. So those grass-fed beeves stay on that irrigated grass. It's not like they're eating mesquite and, and chemise and stuff like that. They're eating good irrigated grass. Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks again. We appreciate your time. We've only got 40 seconds left. White Barn, Hay, and CattleCompany.com. Julie. It's autumn. This is the time to to get My to the farm. Yeah, you've go. got Schnepp Farms yep. has their pumpkin and chili party. Mortimer Farms. Uh, we've got so many, and in fact, in this weekend's paper, I think it lists a lot of the the farms. And then on azfb.org, you can find more, and also fillyourplate.org, you can and find out. We've been talking Southern Arizona. They have Apple Annies down apple there. Apple Annies, correct. Time yep. for your pumpkin and corn maze throughout yes. the state. Lots of great local places you can take your family, get your own pumpkin, and. Enjoy a little time on the farm.